Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Theory Hacker. I'm your host, John Moon. Yes, I did say afternoon. Usually, I'm at this point in time, I'm usually doing episodes that are pretty much like late in the evening, maybe like 12, 12 30 in the morning. But this is afternoon. I do have, I do have a day off today, and I actually get a chance to kick back, relax. House is quiet, so I get a chance to actually cut to do a episode this early in the afternoon. Well, can't say it's early in the afternoon; it's about four o'clock, a little after four this afternoon, where I'm at here on the East Coast. But as I usually start with most of my podcasts, for those viewers who listen to me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And again, I'm trying to get get it out there, the podcast out there. Uh, anybody wants to, I should say, if you want to, please tell your friends, viewers, loved ones, whoever else you can get, please email me. And for those viewers that are doing it for the very first time, I want to say thank you for coming back. And I certainly hope you continue, continue to come on back. And again, just like I said, Tell your friends, your family, whoever else, whoever's in your tab, please tell them, please tell them, come on in, listen to the show. Uh, as I am, as you know, I don't want to keep on the bush too much. I want to jump, jump right into things, and we'll jump into the, I guess, the hottest subject right now. It seems like day by day, things seem to change, and the hottest subject right now is one, Debo Samuel. As now, as you have heard, I'm sure you've heard by now that Debo wants out of San Francisco. Now, it seems to be the there seems to be the right now the year of the receivers and what they and they want to want the big bucks and they want out. Well, we've already gone through the Devontae Adams situation. He was being paid what twenty million, I believe, if he taken the Green Bay contract. But he did not want to sign that contract, so they shipped him off to Vegas. And now Vegas is paying him, what, $29, $30 million, something, something like that per year. I believe it was 29 per year. And Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Guy, he got traded, got himself a new contract. See, they weren't to be, as I discussed before, Last episode, we discussed the possibility of you know, all these guys coming up for contract for contracts here very soon. Debo's one, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I believe there's talk of maybe Cooper Cup contract to be up here very soon. You've got a lot of good young receivers in this league, and their contracts are never going to get paid the big bucks. Because unfortunately, as most of my viewers will tell you, you don't have a long career in the NFL. It's just the way it is. Now, some people do defy the odds. Most of the situations, kickers, I think are like are the biggest ones. They can survive. They can hang around to like 41, 42 years old. Now, Tom Brady, maybe the exception to the rule, Tom Brady will be, Tom Brady's 43 years old now. He might be the exception to the rule. There was a guy, I think it was Jordan Blanda. I believe he was like 47, I think, or something like that, before he, before he hung it up. And Jordan was a quarterback.
it's not often that yeah so it's not often that you play into your 40s and like I said mostly nowadays most of your kids are worked up in Tom Brady but that's that's not the here nor there and people know this you know people know this they want to get paid they want to get paid and they want to get paid now because a fortune's day and age you never know if something comes down and you can get hurt injuries are happening in this world you could be on the field tomorrow and the next day you, you get you know you get knocked out you get knocked out you have you start having serious concussions or you get hit hard enough maybe you you know break something and you can't play anymore um remember one of the examples of that was a few years back ryan shazier former linebacker of the pittsburgh steelers uh a very good linebacker at that he would hit he would hit and it was it's possible he may never walk again but he may be paralyzed well Ryan was walking again, and he loves football. But unfortunately, he had to retire. And that's and that's what football players know. They do not. They do. They, they, they're going to take a chance. They want that money. And receivers, let's be honest with you. Receivers and running backs, they take a pound. You have to go up over the middle, catch a pass. Receiver may get hit. You might get hit in the chest. They might get hit in the knee, blow out, you know, tear an ACL. Now I know, I know the NFL has not had, should say, cracked down the last several years on hits. But you're still gonna take a hit. I mean, you're still gonna take a hit. You're receiving on the run. You're gonna take a hit. Defensive backs nowadays, safeties, corners, all the linebackers. The bottom line is that they, that coaches are going to be teaching them, you got to hit a certain way. You can't leave your head in the middle. Now, sometimes there comes some situations where you might not be hit, you might, you can't really hit the knees that much. So you got to go straight, what, to the chest? But again, that's, that's the day and age we play in. Players can make their money, but they want to be paid because of this. Because, you could be another Ryan Shazier, have a promising career, and then all of a sudden, it's all gone. Now, in Debo's case, the Lord had the Lord is is not money for Debo. That's not the case. Debo's case was last year. Debo was used as a receiver a lot more for I think it was like game one through eight or game one through nine, and then after that, they made him out to be more of a running back. They made him a receiver at a certain point in a certain day and age. Now, Debo is, now Debo is kind of correct because they did, they used him all over the field. And Debo produced. He was certainly San Francisco's MVP because the quarterback situation wasn't exactly the greatest in the world. The running game, again, it had injuries in the running game. Now, Elijah Mitchell. Rookie, six-man draft pick from BYU that they drafted. He was, you know, he was going to be in the top running back. But again, he had injuries last year. Receiving core, think about it. Brandon Ayuk got off to a bad start last year. Then as the season, but as late in the season, started to pick it up. George Kittle, George Kittle still didn't go to tight ends in this league, but George Kittle missed a significant amount of time because of injuries. And to be honest with you, Debo was the offense. 
you go catch a pass, you have on the ball, but if you look and pass the ball, you probably would have done that too. So I can understand Debo's point of view that it's not the Debo is not like a money. It just he wants sanctions for number nine, but they get receiver. Plain and simple. That's all I want to do. Because Debo knows running back, a running back, being a running back in this league, you take a lot of penalties. You don't run as fast. Now, there may be some exceptions to the rule. Mr. Uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore played in his late 30s. Emmy Smith played a long time in this, in, in this league. So, yeah, you don't understand this. You, doesn't, you don't last too much longer in this league. Adrian, Adrian Peterson is another example. Adrian, what, what, 30, what, he's like 36 now, 37. And he's trying to, and he, like, can you still call him and say, hey, Adrian, can you come on in and, you know, play with me for a little bit? So, you know, but Debo knows running backs are hard to come by in this league. Uh, Debo should know that, you know, if they're hard to come, they are hard to come by. It's hard to find that good running back that you can ride for several, several years. Because, let's be honest with you, you can find one quality running back and you're in, you're in the lottery. I mean, let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott, for example. Zeke had a good couple years in his league, but then after that, he's gone downhill. He got the money, got the nice contract, and he's gone downhill. People and again, running game is not big as it once was. Yeah, some people still like to use the, the running game to set that pass. But you can, but in this league day to again, running backs are already down in the thirty. You can get that late round draft pick, point them in the lineup, and maybe even make them producers. But even once, seriously, the forty nine he wants the next year if he gets traded. And to me, I think it has to be a tall order. I'm sure somebody would gamble on him, but he but I think it would be a tall order. Um, he wants out. Now the draft is what next starts next week, next Friday now is active when the draft starts. And it could be could it be a little too late for someone to come up with a package for San Francisco? I wouldn't say it's late. I'm sure you can voice the speculation and just let you go. I mean, I've heard several speculations when Green Bay Packers came up that when Cinco Pino wasn't coming down, they wouldn't just lock it down and call it. You know, you, you couldn't pay Devontae Adams the money that he wanted, so I couldn't see you giving that. Or is the Dallas one? There was one word coming out of the, the Dallas Cowboys when they were interested in the search as well. And he got rid of a guy that was. That was in a trade eight years earlier, unlike Cooper. And why would you go get Debo and have to pay him more because you are going to pay Debo more than you would have paid Amari Cooper? So it's kind of hard for a team right now. Now, unless John Lynch and company can sit down, convince Debo, hey, we'll give you X amount, X amount. But now, Kyle Shanahan is. All these injuries coming down, he had to use he had to step use Debo more last year. And Debo stepped up and did what he delivered. There's no there's no denying that. But Debo wants to be maintained. That's he wants to be a receiver. He does not want to be a receiver slash running back. But Debo's a, he's a tremendous he's a tremendous talent. He has a lot of talent. 
Avengers flip every weapon. I mean, the three torch lock comes on, so you have your special ball, and you don't know. some uh, older viewers and uh, all the viewers around my age are probably you know probably thinking to myself why is why is Blue Berry getting this way? Why is he winning this? You know, why is he winning I guess if you want to say maybe Blue Berry being selfish to some degree if you want to say that I'm sure you know older viewers are on to that. That viewership <laughs> go shut up and go shut up. Look how Bob Sims is going to project like that. You see the wind of that man. Wind of man really is looking scary. Look at this someplace else. Maybe he's gone gone a while back. But by the time the video is, he was going to have to. He was going to have to come back. Until this season, like until the end season. Gosh, I mean, my God, they really have to do this. But they need Willis as best player. Gosh, he was, he must, he must have been pretty on the field. In the ways to see the possible. And so I just hope they did it. They beat all the playoffs last year. They beat, they did beat Dallas in the first round. They actually did beat the Green Bay Packers. So give, I mean, give, I mean, give Tasha and Aaron Bishpreet credit for what he was doing. Kyle did the best he knew for it. He was his best player. He used it. Plain and simple. Now, Bilo might want to weigh in his views as a running back, but Kyle certainly had to do what he had to do to prolong and prolong this Bears season. But I get where Bilo's coming from. You don't want to take that many risks, especially as a running back. And Bilo, Bilo's had a history of, of injuries. Now, this last year, I think he did miss, didn't he miss like a game or two, I think, from the previous year. So he missed a lot of games. Last year was his career year, his best year. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that if he was willing to really pursue Bilo, that's in the back of their mind. Granted, he had a great year last year. Make no mistake about it. But if you're a GM, that comes to the back of your mind. You already had one good year. One. One good year. Can can he do it without Dave Creighton? Can he do both? Bilo's kind of probably trying to offer all price because let's say for the sake of argument, Sometimes they're trading him. Well, what do you think the next coach? What do you think the next coach could do? The same thing Kyle Shanahan did. They both put Debo anywhere they can put him. And then you go through that argument over and over and over again. And then finally, you see him lose a receiver. And my advice to Debo is it's going to be hard for you to proceed as just a receiver for what you did all season. Where do you land up at? Where will that be? And the next man is going to do that. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter if, and maybe if he does go anywhere, it doesn't matter. Because some people are going to use it in the same way that Hoshan did. When the Debo said, well, I'm in my contract, I'm looking contract, and you're going to pay me like that, I need to pay you, I need to make the big money. But again, Debo wants to be a wide receiver. Plain and simple. He doesn't want to carry the ball the long way. Unless he finds a team, unless he finds a team or finds an offensive coordinator for a system that's going to allow Debo to be just a good receiver. But after last season, I think it's going to be hard for Debo to find to find that team. So they can either the world should be a receiver can have to run the ball. Well, again, you don't take a good a several in the rounds and say, Hey, 
that will be there for the winter. Yes, there will be some wild Swedish friends certainly. Now, I do believe that the York Bourbon Summer Season is there. Bourbon, God, that we could probably take a quarter of a pound of Now, I guarantee you, if, gosh, I mean, y'all do believe in town, then, you know, you'll probably just sit back and say, well, man, my season's over. And, you know, my season, you know, you would have had the hurt for Smith around town. They're over with. Some say, you even talk about some say, well, you probably have to be in town for a year type of thing. You didn't talk about that. Just hey, the prediction. Hey, hey, let me give you your season. I don't say no because we both tell us when she says hi, she ain't married. That's what happens. That's why I got coming in this year. Now I'll have to kind of get to that from him and me. He's a nightmarish matchup. Whether you love him or you love him, but do they love him that? Do they want us to play against him this year? Do season. And for me though, I hate to say, I hate to say it today, because I'm a big supporter of the best San Francisco Knights since Ron Lemon. If they can't get a team thing, probably will get one. And I think that'll be John Manfred's head coaches. That's just what I feel. But telling Debo, the bottom line is, a lot of teams in this league are going to look for what he's doing right now. And Debo doesn't want that. And that could become a problem. Not only for, well, the best friend of these five, I'm sure it's with the Debo. It's a huge issue. Something that Debo is going to have to, something Debo is going to have to get used to, that he's going to have to come to suggest on whatever offense he goes to or if he stays in San Francisco. That's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to be that jack of all trades. I don't fault Debo for wanting the dollars, the money. But Debo, I guarantee you, Debo's going to want that $28, $29, $30 million deal per year. Because I believe what Debo is basically saying is this. Now, granted, for Debo, it's not much money. He wants to be simply just a receiver. But you have to realize other teams in this league are going to do what Kyle Shannon did for him last year. And again, if Debo wants to wait, if you look at Vince McKinney, hey, if I gotta do this, I'm getting paid between the 18 and 30 million a year. Well, I don't blame Debo trying to get all the money I can get. Again, he said this is not about money. He wants to be used simply as a receiver. And I think for Debo, I don't know if anybody in the NFL is gonna use him for simply just what he is. He is a receiver. Now, to be honest with you, we are going to, I guess we will kind of pick up where we left off at as far as, okay, so let's pick up where we left off at as far as the Kyle Murray thing. Now, if you haven't heard this one, there's a, uh, Former teammates of Kyle Murray, Patrick Peterson, and Chase Edmonds. Of course, Patrick Peterson is now with the Minnesota Vikings, and Chase Edmonds is now a Miami Dolphin. Now, they've done a recent podcast, and they've come out and said that um, basically, like Kyle Murray 
This man is never going to be happy with the Cardinals because basically the Cardinals do not are not a team that wants to essentially push the envelope to get the quality talent around Kyle to help him. Well, help him, I guess, to win a Super Bowl or get them into a Super Bowl, basically. Now, Peterson and Evans would serve to know because they've been the team, or Patrick has been the team for many, many years until he was let go, I believe. And Evans, well, Evans started his first, what, four years in the league, and then he signed on with the Miami Dolphins. Those two gentlemen know almost something as far as inside that building and what is going on. Now, I try to go back and forth and I'm trying to figure, you know, figure this simple things inside. And how, how do you take, how do I take this? Now, you can make the case that maybe offensive line-wise, the Cardinals have never had that top-of-the-notch offensive line. And that can't hurt any quarterback. I don't give Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or something else. You got to have a quality offensive line, and I think that's the, that's been a huge issue now. Now last year, last year James Conner came in and had a carnival year, and he certainly and he got paid. He came back, got paid well this past season. Now, if you look at the s s state of this team, James Conner's your best running back, but James Conner has a history of. Being injured, injured time. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, which the Cardinals stole from the Texans, you know, a few years back, is a beast. He's a top five receiver in this game. But the thing was, he got hurt last year. And AJ Green, now I think AJ Green will come out and hopefully decide to bring back. Aaron Cobb didn't have the best rapport last year. So it's, you know, the thing is, you went out and you had James Conner. You brought in J.J. Watt. And the Cardinals have had, have had some decent drafts the past few years. And now, I guess we're supposed to believe that the Cardinals are not doing enough now, I might, I'm going to have to kind of disagree with Patrick Peterson and Chase Simmons. Anyway, the thing about it is, is the way I got DeAndre Hopkins. Now, they made draft picks, but they thought that would help out. I mean, Christian Kirk. But Christian, you know, he's in or Jacksonville right now, making big bucks. They went out and tried to get, they got Zach Hurts. Zach was an no-brainer than that table. They had Evans, they had Connor. If it wasn't for that one-two punch on this, I mean, they lost it. Now, they had Rondell Moore in the draft, and Rondell had his numbers last year. Now, A.J. Green, because A.J. Green was kind of similar to what he had past his time, if you had seen better days. AJ did need to pick him up at some point. He did play well for the Cardinals 
It's gonna be the same. They had these stuff on the game. They had the Hopkins until he got hurt, and that became a killing scene. But it's already live. Certainly on DeAndre Hopkins quite a bit. He trusted Hopkins, but once he got hurt, no one did it. Now, Peterson leads the league, but they can do. But the Cardinals not doing enough to get Kyle a champion. Not a championship, they probably won a championship. But to me, the Cardinals have done the best they can. Now, of course, Anthony Jack is hurt. That's Friday. They're, they're trying to get they Sam talked to him. They're trying to get him. They're trying to get him to see things better. Well, they're not doing anything. Let's go get you another receiver. Let's go get you another running back. Let's get you another tight end. I mean, let's let's do this, 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 and this. We'll show you how much we appreciate you. Well, it's coming very soon when Kyle left. It's contracts will expire. He's got to be able to make a lot of money. The Cardinals are resigned. He was making a lot of money elsewhere. Well, some organizations not that organizations can fault that they're not trying hard enough. I mean. Wasn't wasn't that the aspect of the Miami Dolphins was trying to get Brian Flores the way they wanted to get Mike Daniels so they could draft Joe Burrow? Well, obviously that didn't didn't work out because Joe thinks he's not a gamer. And then going into his third season, Joe had Stroud at least into a Super Bowl, which is unheard of in some in some degrees. Here in Cincinnati, it's not unheard of that they can't get the Bengals. Super Bowl contention. And that's hard to believe. So Kyle Murray, I think you know, I think I think Cardinals fans have done what they felt was right to get both kinds of swing running. Now Kyle and Todd Fields, I know Patrick Peterson chasing the same thing from Baker Field, but they aren't doing it enough. And we mentioned that they're going to the cut there. Was in the off-season programs, and that 
since we're talking about quarterbacks. The word out of uh, one of the Carolina Panthers is, well, especially from Bob McAdoo, the new offensive coordinator for them, that um, I guess I guess he hasn't given Sam Donald any endorsement. At least to my knowledge, at least to my understanding, he is, he is uh, as of right now, I hate to say it, but Sam Donald is starting quarterback. Walker is the backup. Now, I'll say this much, and you know, with the sixth overall pick of the draft, you would think the Panthers are going to select probably a quarterback. That's a guess. That's an experts guess. But Bob McAdoo, Bob McAdoo tried his best not to pretty much tell the world that, hey, Sam Donald's a quarterback. Now, Sam has come out saying that all the confidence in the world, he can be, he can be the leader of the Carolina Panthers. He can lead championship, even a, well, even, a, even a shot into the playoffs. Now, throughout Sam's career, sh- short career in the NFL, he has not proved that. Now, the point is, Sam is a little bit of the, look, Sam is, and I understand his comments, a little objective and abrasive, but although you have the weapons around him, and it's an offensive line, and all that other stuff, well, you go to the Panthers, not much of an offensive line. But you do have um, Christian McCaffrey, and granted, Sam has, I guess Sam hasn't really played a lot because Christian McCaffrey's been hurt. But now, yes, they still got DJ Moore, one of their underrated receivers this game. You got Robbie Leach, and who knows? Sam Donald these days with the Jets. And I gotta wonder if Bob Anderson is going to start to say to himself that maybe that Sam has not improved it. And that seemed to be the case throughout the NFL that Sam is not improving. If anything, he would be getting worse and worse. And I think, you know, in a guy like McAdoo, who has been in this league for, you know, for, for a few years now, you would know. I mean, McAdoo had, what, Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones has not produced the way that the Giants thought he would do. I mean, McAdoo got, got a chance to see Eli Manning. Of course, he gravitated towards the end of his career. Yeah. So I think McAdoo probably has a knick-knack knowledge of what quarterback would fit. Now, some may say maybe P.J. Walker can be the answer. Now, P.J. did play a couple games last year, but P.J. didn't exactly, was not exactly a world beater. Then again, you had Cam Newton. You thought Cam Newton was like Cam was going to light the world on fire. Well, Cam played like he did with the New England Patriots. Cam is not Superman anymore. Now, granted, Cam did not play the first game that he under in the back in the uniform. Didn't play that bad after all. Played well, but since then he's not doing much. So Bob McAdoo, excuse me, I should say Ben McAdoo, not Bob McAdoo. I apologize. Ben knows for for a fact that this team, that the Panthers are more than likely going to draft a quarterback. Now. Whether Sam wins a job, 
Kane, and one of the rookie quarterbackers, and it's Willis, and he's looking to move on Pittsburgh. Who knows? Uh, thinking of the back of his own doesn't doesn't want him to come up there because of Robert Hurd. Sam's going to be a quarterback. Or in the draft, there's no snowball's chance of getting a starting quarterback. Well, to be honest with you, if a quarterback, whenever they get a quarterback taken, whether it's Willis, some actually believe they might be able to pick an offensive lineman because of because they need offensive line help and they won't get any quarterback. In the second round, they're saying Howard probably there from North Carolina. Redmond or Desmond, I should say, the University of Cincinnati quarterback. He could very well be there. Some people think he could slide into a late first round pick. Maybe someone like the Detroit Lions who had the very last pick of the first round. Maybe they gamble on him and groom him to replace one Jared Goff. There's all quarterbacks. I mean, there's all quarterbacks out there. I know there's a strong from uh, I think it's ESPN strong. People talk about him. There's quarterbacks out there. Maybe not top of the line or top notch prospects, but there's a quarterback class that's weak this year. So what do the Panthers do? Do you put it on with you buy one single dollar, or do you go ahead with a broke and go get one of those top? I know Matt Rule tells you. Panthers, he's got some connection with, with Pickett. He likes Pickett. Now, like I said, there's not a strong class. Every prospect, I think, in this class has got, doesn't like to roll on fire for scouts or one of those Warriors' weaknesses. Some people like Pickett's game. Some people like Willis's game. Some people like Sam Howard's game. Or this quarterback's game. Or that quarterback's game. There's not, there's not a one. That really reaches out, that really says, hey, I'm a quarterback, I'm a franchise quarterback for the next 10, 11, 12, 13 years. Nobody seems to step up and make themselves that top quarterback for any team, Panthers or not. But for right now, Panthers fans. Sam Darnold more than likely will be the quarter, starting quarterback going into next season. Now, healthy, a guy like that guy can stay healthy. He's got a couple of quality receivers. But the offensive line, it's not that good. And he, we don't know what I can see this track. If you look at the offensive line, maybe in the second round, maybe you feel Sam Howard. It's that guy that you feel Sam Howard. Maybe Sam Howard is kind of like what P.J. Walker. I've seen him with play. I think Howard has a little bit Harder than PJ Walker, but he has that mobility. Maybe you know, maybe in the second round you take a Sam Howard, and then you hope you hope he. But again, the last quarterback nobody thought that was going to North Carolina would be a role player was Mitchell Trubisky, but he got he moved up in the draft and he got pinned. He got drafted over one Patrick Mahomes. Now, can you imagine? Yeah, I'm sure he was pinned and kicking himself in a sense about that. Certainly, certainly, I'm sure the Jets, I'm sure, I certainly believe a lot of teams are doing that. But for the Panthers, for right now, Sam Darnold probably is a starting quarterback unless Pickett or Willis comes in. And 
always be a surprise if, if the Panthers do draft Mitch. It wouldn't totally shock me if one of those dudes is gone now when it comes to their starting quarterback. We'll see. We'll see how that goes goes down for them and the organization. Habakkuk knows he's been there. He didn't want to commit. He didn't want to tell. He didn't want to tell the the staff. He didn't want to come out and tell people that hey, that he is going to be ruined. Don't read it. Hey, Don's a quarterback. He come actually came up short of actually saying that. Probably the smart thing is to do because you don't know what's going to happen in this crazy world. I don't see them trading for a quarterback to where maybe Sean Watson sweepstakes for quite some time. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But for right now, Sam is the starting quarterback. I know Sam, you would think, should be able to beat out AJ Walker. But if they're quarterback in the first round, don't be surprised. If he winds up starting over Sam Donald. And now, the thing is, with Tom Brady returning, Tom Brady's probably going to be the team that's going to win that division anyway since Brady has returned. But for Donald, I'm sure Donald, maybe, maybe he can finally put it together. He may finally, he gets it. But I don't know. I don't see Sam really getting it. I just had my Southern Cal bust because you've had several of those in the prison over there been, been busts. Now you had a few that might have been okay. Now, Carlson Palmer, he had a pretty decent decent career. He didn't have a Hall of Fame career, but he had a decent enough career. But other than that, I mean, everybody knows the story of Todd Marinovich. He was hailed as the next great quarterback. Raiders got him. He might have had one good game in his career, and then he was he got caught with some stuff, talking drugs and whatnot. He was a bust. Rodney Pete, now Rodney Pete was supposed to be the next great Southern Cal quarterback, but what happened to him? Now Rodney Gilly can make himself a pretty decent backup quarterback for several teams over the years. He was a late starter, and he's been probably there on and on and on. But Southern Cal quarterbacks for some reason don't together. The last halfway decent one, like I said, was probably Carlson Palmer. But I thought Matt Minot, all those years he spent in the Vernon Tree with Pete Carroll in that Southern Cal offense, everybody thought he was going to be the man. But then again, you had Reggie Bush and you had Wendell White in the backfield. He made jobs, he made jobs easier. And back then, some of the Southern Cal offensive lines were not good, but some of those offensive lines were not probably in the NFL. And Tom says, McAdoo should have basically told people that, hey, Sam is not, Sam is not the right thing. Sam probably is starting quarterback. But don't sell us, don't, don't sell us on that he's going to be the starting quarterback. Moving forward, maybe going to Kansas might be, but don't be surprised after game one that somebody else has a job. Maybe one of these rookie quarterbacks like himself and they will wind up being the new starting quarterback. Let us stick with the 
quarterback wide receiver feed for this episode. Now, I guess you've heard the word. The word for the Orlando Saints is they have brought in Jarvis Landry now to talk to them to see if he if they can gauge his interest in being a New Orleans Saints. Now, again, the Saints to me, I don't think it's a bad. If he goes to the Saints, it's a nice signing. I think I think the Saints should really look into that more than offer it. Now, maybe up until last year when Jarvis had some injuries, you think about Jarvis was one of the more consistent receivers in the game. He was a consistency of providing his offense. He did get enough respect. The one thing with Cleveland, he didn't do that for himself in Cleveland. Now last season, like I said before, he was injured a lot. I can't imagine if Jarvis goes to the Saints. I mean, the Saints right now, they have got, of course you got Michael Thomas. Now, Michael Thomas, when the last time Michael Thomas has actually seen the field a, a play, a guy that caught with 149 balls is only in one year he got paid, and he kind of disappeared after that. And Michael supposedly is going to be helping Wade Roll in camp. But you look at it, they have as a bar, have the best receiver. Marquez Callaway was their best receiver last year, and he did show signs of, of promise potential. Taquan Smith, I mean, he was, yeah, there was time where he showed some promise. But you think about it, Jarvis Landry and the Saints is probably the, the, a perfect match. He could certainly be, let's say, if Jameis Winston were going soon, where everybody else assumes Jameis is going to be healthy and ready to go. Game one, I mean, let's say Winston is, could you see Winston uh, having uh, a guy like Jarvis Landry throw pop passes to a guy that he can feel safe with? And that's something that's that's something that the Saints should explore. Yeah, he's one of the underrated receivers this game. He's only 20, he's only 29 years old. And kind of shocking that somebody has yet to jump on a guy like Jarvis Landry. His free agent period is kind of surprising. There are a lot of people, there are some people that are still sitting out there. Melvin Gordon. Now, Melvin Gordon had a pretty decent year last year until he was traded to the Broncos. Now, there was talk that maybe he could go back to Denver and still pair with Javante Williams. That's a possibility. I know there was talk that he was talking to the Ravens a couple of weeks back, if I'm not mistaken, but nothing else ever come of that. There's many more out there. Melvin Ingram. Feels fine that Melvin Ingram could be signed by anybody. Now, some people think now his best, best his best days could be behind him, but he's still a valuable commodity to somebody. Now, a guy that could certainly rush your pass, pass your passer, and that would certainly be on a team, a contender team at any point, especially if somebody could add a guy like Melvin Ingram. But Jarvis Landry would be an asset to the Saints. It would it would be certainly be a Huge upgrade. You think about it is they got Alvin Kamara. Now, you, let's say you let's say you can get Michael Thomas to, that played ball a few years ago to pair with Jarvis Landry because then that's a pretty good one-two punch. Then you let Galloway or Smith become your number three or number four receivers. Okay, then you're on to something. But I can't see relying on Michael Thomas. He hasn't shown up the last couple of years. I don't see them really relying 
on you. You know what I mean? I was on Andrew. I mean, last year, Andrew's not very durable. He's reliable. He's consistent. Now, whether him and James Woods could get on the same page, that would remain to be seen. But to be honest with you, when Baker was healthy, when Baker was playing somewhat okay, he relied on Jarvis Landry. He trusted Landry more than he trusted Holden Adelphus. So for me, the Saints, this is probably a no-brainer. Talk to the man, talk to his agent, get him in, the get him in there, get him on a contract. Because Landry could be playing longer than the James Winston. Maybe James Winston's longer to go. Who knows what Landry can offer the Saints? Over the day. But we'll see. I think it's great if I'm a Saints. But again, I don't work for the Saints front office. I would jump on Landry. He can certainly give you a receiving core. A huge boost. To be honest with you, Josh, you better than what you have right now. Can. Can Martin Hall be that guy he was a few years ago? I don't know. Wild wrestlers, quarterback, whatever. Michael's best thing is behind him. And that's the sad thing to say that that is going to be the proverbial case here. But we'll see. Jarvis and the Saints. I kind of like it. Jarvis just got, I mean, I mean, I don't know. There's one point in time that Jarvis could go to the Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't mind that between Wayne, Landry, and Gallup. I could see that Gallup. I don't know if Gallup's going to be ready by opening, opening day or not. But I can see them relying on him. I can see them laying one, Landry two, Gallup maybe three. I can see him maybe be a useful boost for Cowboys. But again, I can see how much money will Jarvis Landry seek. But I'm Saints. Jump on him. Sign him. Because he, 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 he certainly can be a best receiver. He could ever be the best receiver on your team. And that's Michael Thomas can get can big bag you and be that guy that he once was a few years ago. Now, the next thing is this is uh, I guess we're sort of sticking to the receiver theme, but we'll switch it up and talk of tight end. Now there is an interview I gave uh, Dalton Schultz, the tight end. Cowboys was being was doing an interview. I think the local might be at the local press, if I'm not mistaken, there in Dallas. And Dalton came on and said the team was had much better offense when Amari Cooper was in the was in the was in the lineup. Now, to Dalton's point of view, is I can't. He's right. A lot now goes on the shoulders of CD Lamb. Amari Cooper's gone. Certainly, Dak, certainly Dak had confidence in Amari Cooper. Not Amari Cooper. Granted, last year he was hurt, but he saw Eddie Hamilton once and said that was fine. And then, any Dallas Cowboy fan will tell you, any Dallas Cowboy fan, fan with knowledge will certainly tell you and will certainly tell you this, that the offense runs through Dak Prescott. There was a point in time when they ran through Zeke. 
the losses, the ones that had suffered every single year since the decade, who had suffered this every single year. And they brought their taxes in. And again, if you were listening to your podcast, you got to have that number one receiver. And I wanted to pull that one out and see the Dallas Cowboys. And there's times we don't get it all good. There's times that I wanted to drop a ball here and there. Well, let's be honest with you. Cooper was the best receiver. And you trade your best receiver away for pretty much next to nothing. And I got rid of that. You know, Cleveland got one over on Jerry James. Now, Jerry James may not think so, but with those draft picks he traded, you know, traded a guy like him for turns out to be future Hall of Famers, then, yeah, then there'd be a bite on what the Dallas offered. But, Dalton Schultz realizes that. Dalton realizes that he makes, he makes things easier for him. Now, Dalton came to his own last year pretty well healthy. It wasn't because of, you know, it wasn't because of Cesar Arroyo. It was because of one Amari Cooper. It was because of maybe C.D. Lamb. A lot, I mean, so Schultz is, you know, Schultz is all, is not one guy. He knows that Cooper, people had to focus on that. You had to focus on C.D. Lamb. Now, nobody was scared of death of Michael Gallup. But people, people, if you ever passed the ball, people feared Amari Cooper. They knew where C.D. Lamb was at. Well, now, Cooper's gone, CD Lamb's going to remain gone. Nobody's going to fear Michael Gallup now. Nobody's going to fear James Washington. And Dalton knows that's going to put the pressure on him because right now, CD Lamb's not the number one option. And Dalton Schultz is not the number two option. And Dalton knows that. Dalton's not, he's not going to run. Dalton knows that Mark Cooper could stay there because there's, they would certainly, defenses would queue up on Mark Cooper on CD Lamb. And that would probably, and a lot of people would not be protecting that double, number double coverage on Dalton Schultz. Dalton could get, Dalton could get his catches. And I can see that. I can see Dalton Schultz's point of view. Because a lot of people make life easier for him. And that's what he knows. That's what he understands. Now, Dalton has plenty of money around. Now, Dalton's trying to get a deal from the Dallas Cowboys. Now, whether Dalton gets that or not, I don't know. Um, that's a situation where Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, can really, can really sit down. I'm sure they sit down. I'm sure they're trying their best to discuss that as a possibility of how much Dalton is really, Dalton Schultz, and how much he's really worth. But for all we know, I get Schultz's point of view here tonight. It's gonna it's gonna put a lot more pressure on Dalton Schultz because like I already stated, Lamb's probably the one receiver and Schultz is probably the second best option right now. Gallup is still recovering from his torn ACL. James Washington has more boxes at 70 years old, and you've got what Noah Brown. Yeah, so to be honest with you, I get it. It's gonna put more, a lot more pressure. It's gonna put on Dalton Schultz to pick up the game. We'll see, you know, we'll see if Dalton can go to another Indianapolis Indiana for the rest of this year. Because again, he's going to have to, but he's going to have to be even better. Because as he's already stated, let's be honest with you, 
there is no all-wise creeper. Had number one receiver. He's not there anymore. But I see him. Because he has to step up his game. Because he's got to be the number one. And I can't see D.D. Lamb do that. I don't see he has the capability of being, of being that type of guy. But we'll see. But Dalton, he knows. Dalton knows more people that like to use him for him. And I think in the, in the back of his mind, Dalton Schultz is probably saying that. And I'm sure Dalton Schultz believes that. Now, there was a signing here just the other day or a couple days ago that Geno Smith has re-signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, right now, it appears that Geno Smith and Drew Locke are going to battle it out for the starting role with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, if I got to say that Geno's back, Geno right now probably, I would say, has a lead over Drew Locke for the simple fact is that Geno knows the system. Now, Geno, in the time that he did play, he filled in for Juan Russell Wilson last year, Geno had some games where he didn't look too shabby, but then again, he had games where he was just atrocious. But Gino, and Gino right now, it is right now, he's pretty much a backup quarterback in this league. Now, Gino is not a starting quarterback, and he hasn't proved that. But for right now, the plans are that Gino may wind up starting for the Seattle Seahawks, unless Drew Locke can really step up and step his game up and be the guy that the Denver Broncos have drafted years back. Now, I would say Gino probably would get the edge because let's be honest with you, Gino knows the system. Gino has a decent rapport. I mean, hopefully Gino's going to have some rapport with DJ Durkin and that's going to have an option. Now, hopefully Chris Carlson comes back from his neck injury. And the big shot, Rashard Penny, who Rashard Penny was a beast, was uh, doing his best impression of Jim Brown, I think, towards the end of um last season, last few games of the season, and I'm sure Rashard Brown, excuse me, I'm sure Rashard Penny helped a lot of teams. Especially fantasy owners had to win a Super Bowl for what he did this past season. But it's, but it's, but certainly I hope Seattle doesn't fall into the same trap that the Miami, the Miami Dolphins did. Dan Marino, and Andy Allen have had since Dan Marino. Broncos, well, they had John Elway, but that includes uh, Jim Brown, Doc Brown, Peyton Manning. Now, I think in the meantime, someone that we always look at, like, was it, what did, what did Jake, I remember one time with uh, Broncos, I think he didn't play that badly for them. But to be honest with you, you're going from Elway to Manning, and now Russell Wilson is here. Russell Wilson is supposed to be the guy that's going to take the Denver Broncos over the top. And certainly Russell, certainly Russell is certainly, there's no arguing, he's, he's certainly a great delivery for the last several seasons. But Geno Smith right now is going to be the starting, to me right now, he may be the starting quarterback. I would certainly give him an edge over Drew Locke because he knows the system. But you know, hope Seattle Seahawks are about to have that problem is going to take them many, many years to find that quarter, that quarterback. You know, the history of the Seattle Seahawks, 
Solon, who was a former Washington, Washington head coach, right? Remember, remember him? He was a left-handed quarterback. And you got to remember David Craig. Remember David Craig? David Craig wasn't that bad in Florida. He had some pretty decent seasons at the Seahawks. Then again, you might remember Rick Meyer, right? Former um, Notre Dame quarterback. And I believe the Seahawks drafted him high. And they thought he was going to be a good guy for us. 13, 14 years in this league. But like I said before, and I'll say again, quarterbacks are a hard, hard thing to come by in this league. And as of right now, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for a Geno Smith. I know Geno Smith is going to be my, it's going to be a stopgap. Does Seattle end up drafting a quarterback in this year's draft? I mean, there's rumors that they're asking him, but he may do so. But I think he's going to be my first round pick. There's talk about maybe getting an offensive lineman. And I don't blame Seattle for it in that direction. And when they go on defense side of the ball, I don't blame that either for them. But I don't see the Seattle Seahawks drafting a quarterback that early. But right now, for Seattle fans and Seattle faithful, Geno Smith is going to be your starting quarterback. Unless you're locked early. Really has a light side camp. Now the third guy on the list is Jacob Eason, former University of Georgia and University of Washington quarterback. And I tell you, if they draft a quarterback, I bet Jacob's the odd man out. He'll probably go on the practice squad. But then you'll have you know, you'll have Geno. And then you'll have Drew Locke. But for right now, like I said before, if there's no quarterback that's drafted, I kinda think I'm gonna believe that Seattle's gonna draft a quarterback. And to be honest with you, right now, Geno Smith is simply a star because simply put, he knows the system. He's been the Jets, then the Giants. But to be honest with you, like I said before, and I'll say it again, certainly hope that the uh, Seattle Seahawks really do not get to that point where it's, they got to make a playoff the next 10 years, 10, 15 years. I hope not that Gene's going to be the quarterback. And if that's the case, it's going to be a long, long, long year for the Seattle Seahawks. And I guarantee you, if they struggle this year, they do not make the playoffs this year again, which I can't stand it. They do not do it this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Pete Carroll is gone after next season. He'll go to Schneider. I guarantee he'll go to Schneider after this season and say, you know what? I'm done. Seattle's been trying to convince the world they're not going to even build in the league. Unfortunately, the fans are not going to trust them to win a championship this year because it's been rumored, hey, we might trade Tyler Lockett. Hey, we might trade Dante Dunford. We might trade this guy or that guy. Well, they're in, I hate to say it, but yes, Seattle is going to be that that word that scares a lot of people. Rebuild mode, rebuilding mode. Because in a way, to me, it feels like that Seattle is certainly doing that. And if Gene Smith is your quarterback, and I hate to say it, that's what you're in. You're in a rebuilding mode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I have time for this episode this week. Uh, certainly, I hope I see you again here very soon. And take care of yourselves. And See you again.